Inside Edge, your weekly deep dive into the world of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley. Welcome to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets are back in action tomorrow night at Nationwide Arena when they take on the Washington Capitals on Military Appreciation Night, which is presented by Elk and Elk. Last night, the Blue Jackets played their first game of 2023 in Ottawa, and they were shut out by the Senators by the score of 4 to nothing. And Jody, it was a frustrating game all around because it was one of those games where it seemed like the Blue Jackets just were not creating a lot of scoring chances. They just weren't generating a lot of offense. And former Blue Jacket Anton Forsberg played well in net. He got the shutout, but it just some of the top guys just didn't seem like they brought their top game to that one last night. Yeah, you know, you come off a win at home at Nationwide Arena on New Year's Day. You know, a festive atmosphere because they finally get the win, but, you know, it's a different day to start with, and you feel good about yourself, and that was important for this group. And then you go into Ottawa, who's a team that, you know, is probably playing much better than their record right now. They had a not a very good start to the season. But it doesn't matter who you're playing. I think, you know, they had a, they had a good first period. I think they deferred a few times on shots, which, you know, when you're struggling to score goals, you have to generate something off the goaltender, whether it's a, a threat to put them on their heels, the goaltender and the defense, or maybe a rebound off your shot. Instead of coming up with a pass that gets shut down, which happened a couple times, and then you get nothing out of your odd man advantage. So, so you know, you want to get some momentum off those things. And I, they played a fair first period, but then, you know, I know the penalties got in the way of, of a lot of things in, in the second, but it's still, you can, you, you can get more than four shots on that. And, and I only say that because, you know, it's one thing to sit up in the press box and say, oh, you should shoot the puck. These guys see, they see the ice and they see plays and they're trying to create and goaltenders are good with straight ahead shots. I understand that, but you, there were moments in the second as well where opportunities were passed up to shoot the puck where you are the one in the dangerous lane. And one that comes to mind is Roslovic looking for line A on the far dot where everyone knows you're probably looking for line A and, you know, you're in the middle of the ice, you should probably take that. But that sometimes that's human nature too, because you want to get Patty going. He's back and, and you want to, you think you can get him the puck and boy, that would be great to do. So a little overthinking there. And then, you know, the game just got away from them. And then, you know, then it's just a different animal, but you know, they had the opportunities in the first, I thought there was a couple in the second, but also they had power play chances uh, to get things going. And, and that's where it gets frustrating, not for the whole, just the whole team, but for everybody, uh, the superstars, especially on that, on that, in that situation. Another one of those plays, as you were talking about, was Johnny Gaudreau coming down the ice in a one-on-one with a goaltender, and then at the last moment deciding to try to pass the puck over to Kent Johnson. You know, we always talk about the opposite of that. Whereas if you're the rookie and you're on that breakaway and you've got Johnny Gaudreau, you know, is trailing on the other side, maybe you feel like you've got to give him the puck. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, this guy had over 100 points last year. And this is not a knock on Kent Johnson. But if you're Johnny Gaudreau, I don't know if you're looking for Kent Johnson. Just put that puck on the net. Well, he's now the franchise leader for assists in the month of December. So maybe he wanted to start off January with the the same way, Bob. Yeah, you know, again, it's easy for us. And I look at that replay and I think automatic, he's got to shoot the puck. And we've seen him a couple times hesitate just enough where the window closes to shoot the puck. He's a pass first guy. And I think he hesitated too much that he got in too tight that that shot looked more appealing on camera in slow motion when he first got the puck. 
And then he kind of put himself in a situation where, okay, everyone thinks I'm going to shoot this. I'm going to slide it over. And when he thought that, the defenseman shut it down. So I think it was uh, – and, and, you know, those – it happens fast. We can slow it down and say you should have shot the puck. But more importantly to me, it's the mentality going into the game. If, if, if you come in with a move your feet, like very simple focuses, move your feet, shoot every puck you get a chance to shoot. You know, I remember Mike Knubel used to have a, I played with him in, in Philly, and he used to have a very, very simple mindset that he would try to get four shots a game. And, you know, he spoke with RJ Umberg about that when he was with RJ. I think they were in Philly as well together. And, you know, it's just like, okay, and that, that things change for you when you have that small mindset. And that it, it, it's like, don't hesitate. If I get the puck, shoot it. And, and you know, that's how the approach right now, that you're seeing more hesitation and more extra thinking going into some of these plays where right now they should be playing the simplest hockey they could, that's just the simplest form they could play, which is forecheck and being relentless on pucks. And that's what we haven't seen uh, as a group. And, you know, he credit that to a lot of youth in this team. But also, you know, veterans deferring to other veterans or rookies, which we've seen. So that's where the frustration sits in. And, you know, having the puck on a shift is way more enjoyable than chasing and reacting to the opposition. Well, when you talk about playing a more simple game, Brad Larson, the Blue Jackets head coach, agrees with you. And I think he's been pretty even keel throughout all of the losing that's been going on lately. But last night, it was obvious that uh, he was a bit perturbed at his team's play after that game. But your penalty kill's been really effective as of late. Did they just get overwhelmed a little bit in that second period with all those penalties in the second? Yeah, he took four. I mean, what do you expect is going to happen against good power play? It's just silly. They're all penalties, every single one of them. It's get your stick, we've got to skate, and we didn't, and we were hooking hands and we're, we're reaching. It's, they're all penalties. I mean, that's it. That's that's the storyline right there. Yeah, how tough is it then to chase when you're down one, two, three, nothing? You don't give yourself a chance. That's that's the problem. The first was very even. We had some really good looks. We don't score. It's fine. And then, you know, then you get you get down, you get down again, you get down again. So now, again, there's no rhythm. You've lost all some players that should be playing, some other guys are overplaying. So what happened? Now you're chasing it for all the wrong reasons. You're down three nothing. Yeah, you talk about overplaying. Would you like to see a little simpler game and more, more shots and maybe skipping that extra pass? Well, the turnovers... First, the cuteness has got to go. It's not like you're filling the net and we're feeling it. There's, there's plays. I, if we have a break, we don't even get a shot on net. You know what I mean? We're, we're trying to make plays across the crease that just get it towards the net at that point. And, and yeah, and then the turnovers. It's you, you have to manage puck in this league. You have to. And if you don't, you chase it. How did Lane look in his first game back from COVID? Legs were good. Too many turnovers. Brad Larson, after the game last night, uh, the 4 to nothing loss in Ottawa to the Senators. And again, he he talked about the cuteness has to go away. But going back to those power plays that were given to the Ottawa Senators, and I say given because the Blue Jackets, I felt that they made, they took some penalties in that game, Jody, that we just haven't seen them take. They, they've been much more responsible. And then last night, for whatever reason, uh, you know, they're hooking, they're holding. And I don't know if they were surprised by the speed or what happened in that game, but that was not characteristic of this team. No, I mean, the two Bjork penalties were he was, you know, you put yourself in a situation where the speed is coming towards you and you're standing still. Well, all of a sudden that lift of the stick ends up not on the stick, it's on the hands because you've planted your feet and you're not matching the speed. And that's what defensemen have to do is match speed and i know those situations were in tight to the net it's just a reactionary thing where 
you know, that's how you draw penalties is you use your speed and put defenders in bad situations. And Nyquist with a trip, I mean, that's just an errant stick. I mean, I don't really mind that one. But, you know, I, it happens. You're going to have games like that, and their penalty kill has been so effective, but it's going against a power play that's over 30%. And, you know, you give them four or five or six opportunities, they're going to they're going to get two or three power play goals. And I think that was the 11th time this season where they've scored multiple power play goals, the Ottawa Senators. I think all last year they had 11 total multiple games with power play goals, so or multiple goals in power in, in games. So, you know, interesting little little thing that that they're rolling on at that clip. Uh, they thrive on on uh, on the the power play. So for the Blue Jackets, little extra sting there because sometimes you can kill those and, and it goes under the rug. Uh, but last night it cost them. Yeah, cost them uh, big time in that. Let's talk about Ottawa a little bit here, just because during the off season there were two teams that were really talked heavily about teams that were not in the playoffs last year and what they did to try to make themselves better. And the Blue Jackets was one of those teams, and Ottawa was another one. and And they made some significant improvements. They signed Claude Giroux as a free agent. Um, they they get Alex DeBrinket from the Chicago Blackhawks in a trade, but they also you're, you're seeing some of their young pieces now, like Jake Sanderson on the blue line played a very good game last night. Uh, they they've they're building, and they have been for the last couple of years. And I know they think that they're ready to start turning the corner. But do you like the makeup of that team? I really do. I mean, I do. I like them a lot. And, you know, they've got Josh Norris, who's out in their top six, not in the lineup. And with their top six, with not him, they look pretty good already. Pinto's a young player they've got there. Batherson's long, locked up long-term on a pretty friendly contract. I know Debrinkit's going to get owed some money. Uh, probably around nine million for a winger, but you know they're doing a nice job of fitting pieces in. But the key piece for me is Brady Kachuk. I mean, he's a power forward. He can play center. He can play wing, and that's with a lot of these pieces. Uh, Claude Giroux can play center and wing. Uh, Brady Kachuk can do that. We see Stutzla coming out there with a powerful stride. He was in the middle sometimes. So I like the versatility of their top forwards, and I love their D's. Shabbat Sanderson's a mobile D with. You know, he didn't get credited for the the goal. It got tipped by Broussard, but he made the play where he got the puck from low to high and, and didn't hesitate. And as a young player, uh, his skill set is very quiet. He can skate well, he can shoot well, and he's always got his head up. So, you know, they're uh, they're in a very good spot. And I think the la- the first part of the season, they were finding ways to lose games. And, you know, with new players there, with guys trying to figure out where they're at, the Brinkett was probably rattled a little bit in the move from Chicago. Uh, Giroux was excited to be there, but probably a lot of distractions off the ice. Think about the buddies and everyone that wants autographs, tour the locker room, come to practice. He grew up in that area. Of course, that's why. I think they've settled in a little bit, and I think they're only be- only going to become more dangerous as the season goes on. Yeah, we talked with Derek Broussard yesterday uh, before the game, after the morning skate. And, you know, here's a guy that went there and signed a tryout during camp just to see if, uh, you know, he could find a spot again in the NHL. They bring him in because they want to have an insurance policy. And, boy, it turns out to be a great signing because this guy's playing a lot with those guys uh, out of the lineup. You mentioned he got that tip and got a goal last night. And uh, here he is in his mid-30s still playing. I mean, I remember when he was in, in Syracuse as a young kid, about 160 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> and Zenit Kanopka was getting him to fight in a playoff game, for crying out loud. But, um, you know, but that's but they, they've added, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Giroux, a couple of veteran guys to get in with those uh, with those young players to help to kind of, you know, force it along a little bit. 
I think the, the older players are key in that situation. You know, Austin Watson, too, is a player that's, you know, trying to reinvent himself a little bit. Uh, he scored a goal last night. He gets to play uh, with the empty net. He plays shorthanded. Uh, Giroux's a captain. He's been a captain in the, sorry, he's a captain with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's an assistant captain there. And he's a great presence for Brady Kachuk because Brady Kachuk uh, is a big, uh, natural leader, but it's good to have an older guy there that just kind of watches and can ground you sometimes. So those dynamics are key, and I know Claude Drew so well. I know he just can hold them accountable in a serious way, but also sometimes in a light way. And, I, you know, that's a, a very important dynamic in that locker room. And even Forsberg, that story, the appreciation he has as the, as the backup goalie there uh, with Jones, like it's, you know, there's some good good dynamics in that in that team and they might have extra pieces that they'll have to move here soon so look for them to build with assets i think they have six free agents uh coming up pending free agents on that roster so this will be an off season that'll be fascinating to see the movement with all these ufas and all these teams i think washington's one that has nine or ten and we're going to see them twice here in the next eight days uh, that, that's a lot of pieces that could be uh moved along in that organization plus others absolutely uh, go back to your playing days here if you're a player you come off that game last night as you mentioned a real high in the win against chicago real low last night having to fly home get home late at night today was a scheduled day off and you know that's for anybody who gets mad about that by the way the collective bargaining agreement states that you have to have x amount of days off so this was going to be a day off regardless of the outcome of that game but now you've got to go back at it again tomorrow against the washington capitals what's your mindset as a player coming back home to play tomorrow well i would not be relaxing much today i'll tell you that it would be one of those anxious days at home where you know you just had the christmas break you just had uh, a couple days uh, extra with with the buffalo sabers game being being canceled you had a good new year's you, you want to get some rhythm here and now you have a day off and then a game so i would probably be anxious to you know make sure my body is right my mind is right get rested tonight uh, but simply just get back in home. I think Nationwide Arena has been a pretty fr- uh, friendly place for the Blue Jackets. Obviously had their most success at home. Uh, so the good feelings there, you know, I'd be looking forward to the skate tomorrow morning to get energized. And then the challenge of playing the Washington Capitals and Alexander Ovechkin, who now has 808 goals uh, on his way to catch Gretzky, second all time. You know that that kind of traveling energy and circus is coming into town here at Nationwide Arena. So, you know, you get up, whether you're the goaltender or the defense, you start getting hyped up for tomorrow. Speaking of defense, Andrew Peek has had to sit out the last two games. And, you, you know, you wonder, uh, tomorrow's a game where you could, obviously, you can you could make some changes. I, I wonder with his experience and with a team like Washington, if he gets a chance to draw back in tomorrow. Yeah, no, that's important for him. I mean, that's a tough scratch as a, a guy who's been here in battle to block shots. And, you know, he sits on the third pair. He plays on the left side. He plays on the right side. And then all of a sudden he's out of the lineup. I know I've been there. It's hard to take. It's hard to swallow. You spend a lot of time looking at the ceiling and, and wondering, you know, what could I have done better? What about maybe it was this play? What should I have done here? But then you get a little bit angry. Then you get emotional. Then you say, okay, I just want to get back in the lineup. And when you do get in the lineup, uh, you play with a little bit of an edge. So I think you'll see that from peak tomorrow is, uh, you know, he's a guy that he can play big, he can play strong. And, and I'm sure that they expect, of course, they expect more from him uh, on a nightly basis. So, you know, he'll, he'll be a guy that comes back in and tries to make an impact right away. And that's important for the Blue Jackets and important in his growth, I guess, throughout this entire process.
Well, coming up next, we're going to shift gears because the World Junior Championships are taking place in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Blue Jackets General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen is there, and we're going to hear from him. But I also want to remind you that the Blue Jackets have partnered with the USO of Ohio and with CODA to support military families visiting USO support lounges. Bring a donation of personal snack items to tomorrow night's game against the Washington Capitals, and you'll receive a voucher for one complimentary ticket with the purchase of a full-price Blue Jackets ticket. To get additional details, on the USO item drive, go to bluejackets.com slash military night. You're listening to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. Always imitated, never duplicated. Your heritage sports talker and flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. That's Gord Miller on TSN in Canada with the call of Connor Bedard's game-winning overtime goal against Slovakia in the quarterfinals of the World Junior Championships. Now, Connor Bedard is expected to be, and I don't see how he's not going to be, the first overall selection in this summer's NHL draft. Right now, Team Canada is taking on Team USA in a semifinal. The earlier semifinal game had Czechia taking on Sweden. The Blue Jackets with a couple of prospects on that Czechia team. Defenseman David Juracek and defenseman Stanislav Sfozo. Also forward Martin Rysavi playing for Czechia. And Blue Jackets general manager Jarmo Kekalainen is in in Halifax, Nova Scotia, watching those games. Jody and I had a chance to catch up with him before the first semifinal today. Well, Yarmo, as you're there in Halifax, first thing I want to ask you is, have you been inundated with Jody Shelley fans bothering you uh, while you've been there? Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You see these uh, jerseys and then one, one big one hanging in the building. Uh, uh, he's a legend here. Yeah, you are still a legend there, aren't I you, I feel Jody? like I should be there. <laughs> I had a good run there, Bob. I'll tell you that. That's a heck of a city. So, Yarmo, enjoy that city. It's the best in the world. It's one of my favorite. It used to be one of my favorite stops on the scouting trails. You know, Kelowna being London, Western Canada, Vancouver is a nice one. But Halifax on the East Coast and Quebec City uh, were always great stops on the scouting trail. Bob, it's a hidden gem. It's a hidden gem out there on the East it's, Coast. It's Take one the I, family. It's one I never got a chance to. Like the only time I was ever there was in the airport transferring when we were going to St. John's, Newfoundland, in the American League. I never got to experience Halifax. So, well, you got something to look forward to, man. I will put that. I will put place. that on the list. But Yarmo, of course, you're there for the World Junior Tournament, and um, you went up there uh, right at the beginning of the year here. And uh, how impressed have you been with the the talent that you have seen overall? And I know you've got a couple of prospects there we'll talk about but overall the quality of the tournament how's it been for you well i came here starting from the uh, the uh, quarterfinal uh, round so um, only pretty good teams left we saw, saw a couple of great games here the canada slovakia game in particular was uh, was a good one and um you know best players under 20 and this year quite a few of them even though the guys guys that had a chance to play in the nhl like our own year he took a couple games so it's been good to see, and uh, and um, you know, uh, looking forward to the uh, the medal round here. 
You know, I know I asked you this uh, when we were in uh, New York the other day to play the Islanders, but as as a scout, when you're looking at that tournament, you know, again, it's not uh, the 18 to 20 year olds playing against NHL players. They're playing within their own age group there, so it's a little bit of a different game. But you know, what do you what do you look to take out of it when you're when you're watching? Just what what specific things are you looking for? Well, as I said, it's the best best competition, pretty much. Uh, you know, if you take away a few few of the players that age that play in the NHL regularly, so it's a great measure stick. It's not it's not only the, it's the measure against the best players in the world in your age, but it, it's a, it's a big stage. So the uh, stakes are high. The uh, expectations are huge. The the lights are bright. So if you can perform here, you know, the step to take from from here to the NHL and and the pressure you feel there every night is a lot smaller. And, and usually the guys that dominate this tournament or do really well in this tournament, they, they can take the next step a little bit quicker or, and, and better than, than the guys that are, that are not the, um, the guys that carry the responsibility and the big load here in, uh, in the World Junior Tournament. You took uh, David Yurchek with the sixth overall pick last summer. Um, he's been playing in Cleveland. We saw him play a little bit here in Columbus. How much has that professional experience uh, worked for him to give him maybe a leg up a little bit? I know he's having a great tournament, but as you see him play now, what differences do you see in him after a little pro experience and now going into this tournament and playing? He, he does look like a pro here. And, you know, of course, he played two years uh, with men's team in Czech Republic as well, and he'd already played in the World Junior. He already played in the men's world championships uh, in, in the springtime in, in Finland. So he's got a lot of experience compared to the uh, just most of the players that play in this tournament. So having that great success in the American League definitely helps him too. And, and um, he's one of the leaders of that team. And I've been really impressed with the whole Czech team. So it's, it's been nice to see that he should be one of the leaders of the team that's very strong and has a chance to go all the way here. Yarmo, what's the most impressive skill set you're seeing out of these young players? Or what's something that jumps out to you in these games? Uh, well, obviously the, the performance of Connor Bedard in the tournament so far is already breaking records and there's two, two more potential, uh, well, for sure two games left, even if they lost today in the semifinal, they'd still be in the bronze, but they have a chance to win the whole thing and he's already breaking records of, of, uh, for, for single tournament points and goals and, and you name it and, and also for the career that, that he's had in, in the uh, tournament and this will, most likely and almost 100% sure be his last World Junior Tournament because he'll be playing the NHL next year. And no team's oh, going to want to let him go. We've seen generational players come and go. We've heard about this player for a while in Connor Bedard. You know, there's McKinnon, there's Matthews, there's Marner, there's McDavid, there's Crosby. Could he be, or do you see him rising in that stock in this tournament being that cornerstone piece for a, an organization for a long time? A generational player? Well, I think he has all the ingredients of, of being that type of player, but I think you know, the one thing that the, the guys that you mentioned uh, have in common, that they have the drive to keep getting better every, every time, every, uh, every year, year after year. And, and um, you know, I don't personally know Connor Bedard that well that I could say that, you know, he is that driven. He's just going to keep getting better and better. But, but when you look at Crosby and the other players that you name, they just, they just have that, that, pride that they want to keep getting better in every area, even though they've won all the, uh, the uh, accolades already with the, with the scoring titles to different trophies to stand the cup. They just, they just have that pride. I want to get better. I want to get to the next level and stay there. 
But um, you know, that's definitely one of the most important qualities, and I'm sure we'll find out everything about that player by the time that we get to the draft. But uh, but as far as skills and instincts to play the game, you know, I think he's as good as anybody ever has ever seen. We're talking with Blue Jackets general manager Yarmo Kekalainen from the World Junior Championships in Halifax, Nova Scotia. We'll continue with more after this on 97.1 The Fan. There's only one way to start your day, and that's with the soothing tones of morning juice. Soothing. Weekday mornings at 6. The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets are back in action tomorrow night at home against the Washington Capitals. Right now, we'll continue the conversation Jody and I had earlier today with Blue Jackets General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen, who is attending the World Junior Championships in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Even though this year has not been ideal in the NHL, one thing that has happened here, because it's had to happen due to injury, you've seen a lot of defensemen. Um, a lot of guys have come from Cleveland, and they have played, and so... When you're evaluating, like you have a guy like Svozil still in junior, hasn't played an NHL game. You've got uh, Dent Matejchuk, who you took with the 11th overall pick last year, hasn't played in the National Hockey League. So, but you've got all these other guys who are getting some opportunities to play, and you're getting a chance to see at this level. And whether they be ready or not is not not the case. But you're getting to see them perform in this league, how valuable do you feel that that is going to be for you and your staff as you're making these future evaluations? Because look, the fact is you're going to have too many defensemen, and I know you'll say you never have too many, but at some point they can be assets, and and you've got to figure out who's going to stay and and who you're going to use as an asset. The fact you're getting to evaluate all that, is that kind of an underlying positive to this season? Yeah, yeah. I always keep saying it, and trying to trying to make myself and everybody else feel a little better about the situation. That it's an opportunity for somebody else, and and some of these guys have, have taken advantage of it. Marcus Bjork has, uh, has shown us that, that he can play NHL games. Whether it will be uh, eighty two out of eighty two remains to be seen, and mostly up to him. But but he's he's had a real good start for his career, and Tim Bernie's another guy that's that's come up and played real solid. And, and never really got an opportunity before this because of because of the depth. So um, those, those things are are um, you know good problems to have if you want to call them that. We we got some guys coming back now. Nick Mathenberg is going to be back soon, so competition is going to get a little tougher, and and we'll see who stays in the lineup. But, but uh, you know, definitely uh, definitely a couple of players who we uh, thought that we were going to be. Uh, maybe on the outside looking in as far as NHL um, assignment goes, uh, get a lot more games than we thought before the season that they would get this year, but but I've played well. Yeah, Yarma, those are definitely positives, but what's been the most frustrating thing for you through this last stretch of four weeks as you watch your team? I think inconsistency. We, we, we can go from playing a pretty decent game and being competitive to, be, to being... Uh, flat and, and uh, you know uh, obviously everybody knows where we are in the standings right now and that there's still a lot of hockey left but but not a lot of hope about making the playoffs and that's, that's where you really got to find that inner pride and motivation within yourself to, to, to get to the next level as a player and, you know stay competitive keep the right culture work, work your tail off every night and and um and that's 
that's what's required of a professional athlete. That, that pride that you bring your best every night. And, but when, when there's not a lot, a lot of hope of, of playing for, for what we all play for, which is the uh, opportunity to win the cup, it, it, it makes it harder. But uh, as a professional, you have to dig, dig in deep and, and find that motivation and find that pride every night and every day that you get to the race. Yeah, and it's probably tough for the young kids when you see the young kids put in situations where you know a line mate needs a good partner to play with or a centerman needs a good winger and you see in a lot of different pieces with different players you have to take those things into account with injuries too right i mean that has to be a realistic uh, absolute clear picture thing for you and your staff yeah for sure and um you know it's uh Every every day is a day to uh, evaluate guys, and uh, for for our players, every day is an opportunity to show that they belong in the league. And not only now when when we have a lot of injuries, but when we when everybody gets to hundred percent, and and I think that should that should be a a big enough motivator for a lot of our players that that um, they're playing for their own future as well. Let me ask you about a guy that played in the tournament last year, and he played when it started in January, and then they suspended it, and then he came back and he played again in the summertime, and he won a gold medal, and that is Kent Johnson. This is a guy that you took a couple of summers ago with a fifth overall pick. Uh, right from the get-go, you said that he's going to be able to play center. He'd been playing wing at the beginning of his NHL career a lot, but now, again, because of the injuries, he's forced to go to the middle of the ice. And what have you seen, uh, as you sit upstairs and you watch him, what things do you like about Kent Johnson and the way that he is he's developing in the National Hockey League. It's not easy to develop in the NHL, but uh, this is a guy that's he's, he's getting his legs underneath him now, it seems. Yeah, the puck skills are obvious and his creativity and participation and vision, those are the obvious things and, and, and some of them are hard to teach at this age and he has it. But at the same time, I think he needs to get a lot stronger. When he's playing center, he's, he's got a win face off, which is been a bit of a struggle for him when he's been in the middle. Um, otherwise, you're giving up the possession right from the start every shift and um, chasing the game. And, you know, the defensive part will get a lot easier, too, with added strength. I think the adding strength will be the easiest part for Kent Johnson as long as he wants to do the work because the, the hockey sense and the instincts given and what he's got at this point in his career, those are much harder to work on than that. just uh, getting into the gym and getting stronger and doing the uh, right things on the nutrition side and rest and just, just uh, keep developing your body. So there's a lot of real encouraging things with Kent. And there's a lot of work to be done too, but I think he's going to be a, a huge part of our future. Hey, and the last guy I want to ask you about, uh, you're getting a chance to look at Kirill Marchenko. You know, we've talked about him for a long time when he was over in Russia playing in the KHL. He started the year in the American Hockey League. How have you liked uh, how he has come along in North America, adjusting to the smaller ice? I've liked him a lot. I think he's got the right type of intensity to play the game in the smaller rink. He's got the right battle mentality, too, the way he battles for the puck. He's a big body. I think he's another guy that can keep getting stronger. He'll be a lot more effective because he's got the big frame. I think he can add a half a step to his quickness so with more separation, easier to be an offensive player that needs that extra space. But um, even from the, from the training camp and the stint Cleveland helping in that, that uh, department, I, I think he looks, looks a bit quicker now and more assertive. And uh, he's learned the North American style and 
he's produced some results. I think. Five goals in the amount of games that he had so far. The great pace. We can keep that for the rest of the year uh, on the national on the national hockey league level. We'll be uh, getting a pretty good sample size of what he may be doing, be able to do in a full season. And if, if that's the pace he can score uh, goals in points, we're we're going to be you know, very happy with his, his year and and have some projections that we've had into the future when when he was playing in Russia and we were hoping that he was coming over here. And uh, as a second round pick, it's, I think our uh, expectations have grown since the draft because of what he's done in the KHL as a national team in Russia and, uh, and now here. Well, Yarmil, thank you very much. I know you're very busy there at the World Junior, so thanks for taking uh, some time to talk with us today. And don't forget, just mention Jody's name, and you should be able to get a free drink anywhere in town. Yeah, yeah, I tried that a couple times now. It work. <laughs> it did work, or they made you pay double. No, 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 it worked. It's free beer. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably get thrown out of the place, but, you know, say hi to the guys at the lower deck for me. Enjoy it down there. <laughs> I will. Thanks, guys. So, Jody Yarmo, with uh, some good insight there about the guys that are on this team right now and uh, the players in that World Junior Tournament, I like how he was so, uh, you know, just deadpan when I said, you'd be okay having Connor Bedard if he was to pull that jersey on in June in Nashville. And, uh, you know, everybody would, but... Again, this is not uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins of 1984 where you just bought them out and you're guaranteed to get Mario Lemieux. There is a draft lottery. You still only have a 20% chance. Uh, there are some conspiracy theorists that think that um, even when you get there, that it, maybe there's a heavy hand on that draft. I don't know if that's true or not, but the fact of the matter is um, watching Bedard play, and you said we were in Ottawa the other night. He scored that uh, overtime game winner against Slovakia, and it was like... Wow. I mean, the kid just has something. If you haven't seen it, you got to go check it out. And he's been on the radar for the NHL draft for the past two and a half years. And he's now 17 years old. And he's that type of player where when I watch him, I see the balance and edge work of Crosby. I'm not going to compare him to Crosby, but at that age, you know, he does phenomenal things. He barely left the ice the other game against the Slovaks and ended up scoring the winner in overtime. And He's just that type of player. You, you, you couldn't wait to see him on the ice. All of Canada is watching him do what he's doing out there, and his vision is off the charts. So uh, it was great, Yarmo, to join us. And, and, yeah, I thought that was telling when it's like, yeah, you know, this is a – we're not even halfway through the season. This this season, what these players getting so injured, even be this high in the lottery uh, when it comes to the draft in, in, Janu- in uh, June. Here we are in January talking about it. Not what you had planned coming in. But uh, if this is the way it ends for the season and, and they don't pull their, you know, up in the standings and, and get away from that per- highest percentage to get the lottery ball, it'll be awfully exciting if they get number one pick in, in June. And, and it'll be something that could shift this organization for a very long time. Well, coming up next, we're going to preview the next couple of Blue Jackets games as we get ready to wrap up this edition of the Inside Edge right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year. Given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The Fan. You can experience the boom of the cannon as the Blue Jackets return home tomorrow night to take on the Washington Capitals. It's Military Appreciation Night presented by Elk and Elk. 
7 o'clock tomorrow night at Nationwide Arena, and the first 10,000 fans in attendance will receive a Blue Jackets camo hat. To get your tickets, go to bluejackets.com slash tickets. Will you be able to find that hat? Like, if you lose it, how do you find a camo hat? Uh, I love those camo hats. That's a great night, military appreciation night. All the themes that come and go throughout the season and uh this will be uh this is a fun one you'll find it bob just keep it on your head you just won't be able to see your head in the woods when you're hanging out in a tree that is uh that's great advice great advice alexander ovechkin the blue jackets are going to see the great eight not only tomorrow night but then on sunday late afternoon in washington so two of the next three games against the division rival capitals and it's not just alex ovechkin right now jody who is uh, red hot as you talked about earlier in the show, but also there are guys like T.J. Oshie, Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson. They've all been out of the Capitals lineup, and uh, they're all inching back to becoming another important part of what's going on in the Capitol sitting. Yeah, you know, Tom Wilson's a, one of those unique skill sets. He's a big body. He, he's physical. He'll fight. He can score goals. He plays on the top line. So he's been a missed uh, piece with that shoulder surgery in the offseason. Uh, Backstrom's one of those guys too. He's been out all season, so for or most of the season. So for Ovechkin to be doing what he's doing, Oshie's been in and out of the lineup as well. Um, they, they've started to find their game, and they're putting up some big goals. I know put up nine against Montreal the other night. Ovechkin's now at eight hundred eight. I think he's goals uh, on the on uh, his career. So he's clipping right along. Picked up five goals in the last two games, and and. You know, for the Blue Jackets, that's the challenge. I mean, that's it doesn't matter what you've done or what you think you're going to do. Uh, starting tomorrow against this team, they've got to really understand the team game. We've seen them play it, and that's why I think the expectations are higher on this team than some of these uh, results we're seeing with them. Well, and in between those two games, those two Washington games, sits the Carolina Hurricanes coming to Nationwide Arena at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. That's nothing to sneeze at either. I mean, this is a team that just lost to the Rangers last night. Uh, they had points in 17 straight games. They had a huge winning streak that was going on, and the Rangers battled back uh, to end all of that last evening. But you know, you're talking about players that are on the verge of coming back, and I don't know that he'll be back by Saturday. But Max Pacioretty is now skating in regular practices with the Carolina Hurricanes. As the saying goes, Jody, the rich seem to get richer. Well, it's interesting, this team, because they find their grind game early. They understand what they are as the Carolina Hurricanes. You know what I mean? Four lines, three sets of defense. Their goaltender stands in there in Ranta. He's back and, and healthy and playing well. They know what they are. And Rod Brendan Moore is the head coach. They take on his personality. And that personality is work ahead of skill and speed, speed, speed. They're the number one team in the National Hockey League when you look at the rankings and, and how consistent they've been here in the last four weeks. So I know Boston's doing great things, but Carolina, again, under the radar. And for the Blue Jackets, discipline against that team this weekend. I mean, it's got to be to a T discipline not to feed their transition and be aware of their speed. They can do it, uh, but these are three challenging games against some teams that are playing really well right now. Yeah, I was reading some quotes this morning from Vincent Trocek, who, of course, played for the Hurricanes and now has gone to the New York Rangers and had to face them for the first time uh, as a member of the Rangers last night. And 
His quotes were just about exactly what you said. He said the, the Hurricanes, they never change their game. They're always going to play the same way. And, and it took me back to a couple of years ago when the Blue Jackets were consistently making the playoffs, and that's that's what they did. They brought the same thing night in and night out. So when you're when you're doing a pre-scout, it's pretty easy against a team like that, right? You you can look at it and you can say, this is what they're going to do, and this is how you got to counter it, but then you've got to go out and do it. Well, and they're going to do it shift after shift, line after line. They're all committed. It's a well-oiled machine where, you know, they expect their teammates to be doing exactly what they're doing. So it's a fun environment, and it's that resiliency that Trocek was talking about. You know, the Rangers were down last night against the Hurricanes, and they flipped the script and came back and won the game at Madison Square Garden. And that was a big win for the Rangers, obviously, in a very tight Metropolitan Division race. And, and – when you look at Carolina and how they do that, that's exactly when you're on a team like that, where you know what's expected of you in your role in that lineup, in that situation, but you'd also expect your teammates to be in the position that they have to be in for the four check or the back check or the neutral zone to work. It's really special. And they do it with speed. I've said, I said that a few minutes ago. And, and so it's speed because the hesitation is out of their game. They, they, they just, and then they've got enough skill to complement everything. So well done there by this team. And again, it's funny, you know, you don't really hear them much in the first month of the of the season. But now these teams, these good teams, are going to start to ramp it up a little bit. And I feel like they started the ramping up about three weeks ago. Well, as you always talk about, there are some teams they just uh, they know they're going to be in the playoffs. They expect to be in the playoffs, and they know how to get there. So even if they don't have the greatest of starts, and, and it's not like they lose five or six in a row to start the season. Right. I mean, they muddle around at the 500 mark, and then the Christmas break comes and goes, and they know it's time to start turning it on. Well, and, and I think these teams recognize kind of the simplicity of winning, and that means simplistic style of hockey. I think some teams or some players go through the offseason and hear how great their offseason was. Then they come into training camp. And then they forget, like, there's more grind to this than what you think. You know, like this, the simplified version of yourself is what you need to win games. And I think teams uh, maybe get away from that early in the season. Tampa might be a good example. But then as it goes on, they figure out, oh, yeah, we got to block shots and I got to play my role. And I got to stop toe dragging and looking to get 50 assists this year. Get back to grinding it out and just going for the victories. Nobody wants to grind it out in October. I mean, you'll you grind it in March, but not in October. I know, but the Hurricanes do. <laughs> yes, they do. No <laughs> doubt about it. So the Blue Jackets with three challenging games coming up. Washington at home tomorrow night at 7 o'clock and Carolina at home at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. We'd like to thank Blue Jackets General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen for being our guest tonight. And thank you for listening to the Inside Edge. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long. And thanks for listening to 97.1 The Fan. The Fan Poll is sponsored by Dick Masheter Ford. We spend minutes each day crafting all our dumb questions. Vote now at 971thefan.com.